Tell your neighbor, say neighbor. He has done it. Uh, uh, tell them he has done it. Tell that person, tell them he has done it. They don't believe you, tell them he has done it. Tell him he has done it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I praise God. Now, tell that person again. Tell them the Lord has done it. With a smile on your face. Then the Lord has done it. Tell your neighbor the Lord has done it. As I tell them, this is a new month. Say, the way you enter into a new month, you enter with a smile. Uh, say the Lord has done it for you. Hallelujah. We were praying here on Friday or Saturday morning. And the Lord just said he's going to do it beyond our expectation. So I'm believing God that many of you, as many as have faith, God is going to shock you. He's going to do it beyond your expectation. Oh Lord, I thank you. Because I know I'm just passing by this congregation. Say, Holy Spirit, please help me. I say, the Lord is going to surprise you. Ye of little face and neighbor. That's not the way you honor someone who is going to do beyond your expectation. Do you believe God is going to do beyond your expectation? Say, neighbor, God is going to shock you. But what is going to come to you? Hallelujah. Say beyond my expectation. That is the catch word for October. Say beyond my expectation. So as many as believe that word. I'll be waiting here for you to line up here. And tell us what God. Is going to blow your mind away. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. God doesn't speak because he has a mouth. It means business. Say, Daddy means business. Tell me, say, Daddy means business. Hallelujah. Are you blessed to be in the house of the Lord? David said, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Why? The scripture says, Haven't you heard? When David was hungry and he was in need, he didn't go to the bank, he didn't go to the cafe. When David was in need, when he was hungry, he didn't go. You gotta catch up with my scriptures. You are behind me. Praise the Lord. There's one anointing I'm praying for these brothers of ours here on the screen that you'll catch my spirit. Hallelujah. Otherwise, by the time you come to heaven, the gate might be closed. Hallelujah. If I enter before you, are you hearing me? Hallelujah. The Bible says, somebody said, when David was hungry and he was in need, he didn't go to Cafe Java's. When David was hungry and he was in need, he didn't go to the bank. Our biggest mistake as believers, when we are in need, the first place we think about is uncle, auntie. Let God be the one to tell you to go to auntie. <laughs> Let God be the one to tell you to go to uncle, the first person, because the Bible, you must consult. Even before you see your favorite prophet and pastor, first talk to God. I say first talk to God. No man of God should take the place of God in your life. Tell your neighbor that. Say, no man of God, including the one who is talking, should ever take the place of God in your life. 
Are you hearing me? The first person you must consult every time you find yourself in a crisis. Talk to daddy. Say, talk to daddy. Let him be the one to tell you, ah, go and see. Sister, eh, beautiful. Are you hearing me? Then you can go there. But the world system has spoiled us that every time we find ourselves in crisis, we try to, before even consulting God, you make a call and say, hello, things are bad here. That's why many of us, we suffer with frustration. Because the people you expected to help you, <laughs> the one you thought had all the money, you tell, no, I don't have the money. And you become so frustrated. Yet God can direct you to where a revenue is. <laughs> eh, sometime when you look at let me tell you I think when Elijah saw that widow he said did I hear right <laughs> say Holy Spirit help me because God told him go to who go to a widow of all people go to the widow you would say go to some billionaire who has enough money on the account he said go to a widow God's ways are not our ways are you hearing me God directed a prophet and Elijah saw a widow picking sticks and he said, I'm preparing my last meal. I think if I say, Father, is this the, real, is this the widow or is this another widow? He said, this is the widow. Sometimes your help doesn't look like it. Tell me about your help sometimes doesn't look like it. That's why I say, don't judge people based on our appearance. It is in that house where the man of God was fed for three and a half years. In that house, a widow who was preparing her last meal. Say, Holy Spirit. How many of you were here on Wednesday? We prayed and asked the Lord to do what? What did we pray for? What was our major prayer point? Revelation. The Lord must quicken our minds. So we, can, we stop interpreting life with these senses. You'll miss your season. Hallelujah. I say, Hallelujah. Say, Holy Spirit. Continue to let the scales fall off my eyes the wax to leave my ears and the dullness to leave my heart amen i say amen do you know why sometimes the help you need come from the most unlikely sources because god doesn't want you to put your faith in man he wants you to put your faith in him are you hearing me church you will reduce your frustrations in life when you stop putting your faith in men. I'm telling you. Most of your frustration. Is because you put too much into men. Say neighbor. Give that man just a little dose. Let the big one go to Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me tell you. If you fall from this place here. At least it's bearable. But if you fall from this floor down there. You know the damage. You get my point. So a little trust, you can follow it. But if you give too much trust, when you fall, you break your bones. I hope you have understood what I'm trying to say. It is very important. It's telling him, say, neighbor, you look so nice. You're smelling good. You're beautiful. But you're still a man. <laughs> Amen. You're still one. Still a man. This is very important. Yesterday, went to visit one of our daughters then I realized that what the Lord gave us on Friday is very serious when I walked into that home what I found there was not what I'd expected it was too much it was surprise beyond my expectation somebody say beyond my expectation 
So I've been the first person to partake of that word beyond expectation. I know you're jealous, but you can't stop it from happening. Say never beyond expectation. I just as a casual, I went, I'm telling you, I was shocked. I didn't want to get out of the car. I didn't want to get out of the car. It was amazing. I took some people who were good at eating. Praise the Lord. They ate until they were swelling like frogs. I'm telling you. Peter could not move. That one on the sound. Maybe that's why I have problem with my son when I came in. Say, Holy Spirit, please help me. Hallelujah. Somebody say, beyond my expectation. That is what God is going to do for each one of us. Say, neighbor, beyond your expectation. Okay, let's go to the book of John chapter 15. Somebody say, fruitfulness is what God desires from me. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that he may bear more fruit. Some say more fruit. Say more fruit. That means God doesn't believe in stagnation. God wants us to get better every time. Better every time. Say neighbor, what is on your scorecard? Between January and now, when you mark yourself, what percentage can you give yourself? You need to learn to take stock of your life. Check progress. Because if you don't check, you may think you have... And please, it is dangerous to compare yourself to other village, neighborhood. That man in the village whom you left and say, I'm better than him. Our standard is not man. Our standard is Jesus. I say, our standard is not man. Our standard is Jesus. Every time you are rating yourself, rate yourself against what God called you to do. Not against how much better or what you are doing than your neighbor. Are you getting my point? Because God is not going to judge you based on what your neighbor has done or not done. He's going to look at what he has called you to do and how much have you done of that. Say, Holy Spirit, please help me. That's why Paul tells us in the book of Corinthians. Take a stand. Check yourself. And see if you are still in the faith. Examine yourself. Believers, it is important we do that. The sound is good now. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Take time. Not for condemnation, but to challenge yourself to go to the next level. Examine yourself to see as whether you are in the faith. Because sometimes you think you are on the path when you have taken a detour. It's important. Let's go back to John. So the word tells us, God desires me and you to bear what? More fruit. Somebody say more fruit. Say more fruit. So don't be satisfied with the level you are at. Now I'm talking about fruit. Of course they are measuring in different ways. But God's desire, number one, is that we bear fruit. Number two, that we bear more fruit. Somebody say more fruit. It is not enough to bear fruit. You must bring more fruit. Because fruit, it's not for you. A mango doesn't bear fruit for itself. So that people can feed on it. So your fruit life is what makes people know what kind of a God you have. Your fruit life is what helps men. Because men feed on the fruit that you bear. Say, Holy Spirit, please help me. Are you following me, church? 
Say Holy Spirit. I must bear more fruit. Verse number what? Number three. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Continue. Abide in me. Now this is the crux of the matter. Say abide in him. Okay, all of us. Let's read that verse together. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Say without him. I'm fruitless. So now we understand. Even to bring forth fruit, you must be in him. You must be in him. You must be in him. Unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Somebody say abide. abide. Say abide. abide. What does it mean? To dwell. Now many of us, we are visitors. We don't abide. So when you begin to see a believer failing to bring forth fruit, you will tell you the kind of relationship that believer has with Jesus. Because it is impossible to be in Jesus and fail to bring forth fruit. So the only way I will know that your relationship with Jesus is questionable is to watch your fruit life. Your fruit life is an indicator of the kind of relationship you have with the Lord. Or let me take it another level. Not relation. Some say fellowship. Because many of us, we have come into this kingdom by virtue of our confession that Jesus be my Lord and Savior. But we have not progressed beyond that level where we get deeper into the Lord as far as communion and fellowship is concerned. I gave you an example here. We had how many disciples? Somebody say 12. But we know that Jesus related in a dif- different to every one of them. There is a group called the nine. Say, is it a nine? Say, neighbor, are you among those ones? The nine are all, were always left behind. Everywhere Jesus was going to do something important, he left the nine. He said, you nine people, your work remains here. Then there was the, the three, the group of the three. Then there was the one. All those ones spells different dimension of fellowship a believer has with the Lord. We are all born again, but we have different way we relate to the Lord. Say, Holy Spirit, please help me. Now you must remember, Jesus loves everyone equally. God's love does not discriminate. It is the way you respond to his love that determines how close or how far you are into him. So each one of those apostles, they worked their way to the position they were into. So there's a price you must pay. Are you hearing me? God has done everything he needs to do to draw you to himself. Remember the word of the Lord, it says, draw near unto me and I'll draw near unto you. God is not a communist. Tell him that God is not a communist. He's not. That we are all going to get the same thing, put on the same uniform. No, 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 no. The way you relate with God has a lot to do with how God will deal with you. Of all the apostles that Jesus called, the only one who died a natural death was who? Was John. The rest were martyred. Could it be because John had such a... I don't know. In fact, one time Jesus said, there are some of you who are standing here who will not die. And Peter became concerned and said, Lord, you know Peter, is always, he always wants to be the one in the place. He said, Lord, is it that one? And Jesus said, please, that's not my It's not your business. John walked his way. I shared here some time back. John was the only one who knew that Judas was going to betray Jesus. I gave you a scripture. 
You remember when Jesus said, there's one of you here who is going to do what? He's going to betray me. And the Bible says, they asked John to ask who? To ask Jesus. This is most of you. Most of your relationship with God is third party. Why can't you ask God yourself? Because you have given men your place in the presence of God. Say, Lord, this must change. Say, this must change. Can you Jesus was in the room. But none of them had the audacity to walk to you and say, Jesus. They had to ask John. Where was John? The Bible says John was leaning in his bosom. Somebody say fellowship. John was lying in the bosom of who? Of Jesus. Some of you, you're in the room, but at a distance. You're still in the room, but at a distance. One of the things I always try to push believers to is to deepen your walk with God. Because that affects every area of your life. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. So John is asked the question. Give me that scripture. John is told. So John leans over to Jesus and he asks Jesus, Who is that? John did not speak on a loudspeaker like I'm doing right now. He whispered in whose ears? In the ears of Jesus. John leaning on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, that was something that, you know, Jesus, who is, no, 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 no. No, he was right in the bosom of the man. That's the problem with many of us. Say, Holy Spirit, this communion I have with Jesus, this fellowship must change. And he said, Lord, who is it? And Jesus told him, the one, give me the next verse. Jesus answered, it is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I've dipped it. (laughs) Jesus did not speak to the whole room. He only spoke to who? To John. So it is only John who knew that Judas was going to betray him. How did he attain to that level? Because John was a lover. Ask him, are you a lover? Or are you a taker? Most of us, we come to Jesus because of what he can do for us. Thank God for that. But we must migrate. Say, migrate. migrate. God wants, I preach a message here. God has a need. God also has a need. He said, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? So God is also looking for people. And so, Judas walked out of that place. With only one man knowing. The rest thought that Judas was going to give money to the poor. Because that's what he always did. Only John. There are secrets in this kingdom. In this life that God will bring you into. Because of your degree of fellowship with Jesus. That nobody knows. Say neighbor. This fellowship you have with Jesus. Can get better. Say can get better. Let me tell you. All of us. We are prophets. All of us are prophets. The entire nation of Israel is called a prophetic nation. The biggest challenge with the body of Christ is that many of us, we have surrendered our position in the presence of the Lord to other people. We enjoy third-party relationship with the Master. It is said in the heart of God. But you have to understand there is a price to pay. There is a price to pay. That's why not all men are equal. Tell the neighbor, we are not equal. You are not. I pray and I provoke you. I challenge you. I'm not sharing this message for you to write it in the books. You must 
shift your level of fellowship with Jesus, with the Father. Remember, fruitfulness depends on how rooted you are in Him. How connected you are in Him. He say, unless you abide in me, you can bear no fruit. So it's not even an exercise where you need to exert your strength to bring forth. The moment you stay connected, properly connected to the Lord Jesus, what is inside of him will find a flow into you. Next verse. Give it to me. I am the vine. You are the branch. Say never, you're a branch. Never forget that. Say never, you're a branch. That should be deep in your spirit. The reason why many people fail or fall is because at one point as God lifts them up, they begin to think they are what? They are divine. They forget that they are a branch. Say neighbor, when you are loaded spiritually, financially, materially, and your fame has gone everywhere, remember, you are a branch. Success gets into people's head and they begin to think they are divine. Always remember, you are the branch. He who abides in me, what does he do? And I in him bears much fruit. Emphasis is being made. Not just bearing fruit, but we have to bring forth much fruit. So what is lacking here now? You may have fruit, but the, God wants you to bring much more than what is coming out of you. For without me, you can do nothing. In other words, anything that does not stem from Jesus is regarded as nothing. Whatever activity you are involved in, no matter what people tell you, if it is not originating from who? From Jesus. It is referred to as nothing. The only thing that counts in the eyes of God is what is authored by Jesus. Man can manufacture things and it looks like Jesus, but it's not Jesus. It looks like it is God, but it's not God. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Have you seen artificial teeth? As a vision of visual teeth, looks so real. And my brother was a dentist. Very real. Dentist. You can take your jaw apart and put it back together. Remove all these natural teeth and put you fake teeth. Are you hearing me? And you look from there and say, ah, guy has beautiful teeth. Until you draw closer and you check a little bit. Say, neighbor, what do you have? That's why you are not yet married. Be careful. You marry somebody because of the teeth. When she's in the room, she'll put everything down. And what you have is my pango. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. <laughs> so don't be moved by sight. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. We live in a fake world. This world is very fake. Check your neighbor. One day I was laying hands on somebody. And the weak flew. I'll never forget. It was an overnight. The weak flew. And I saw what was there. I said, Jesus Christ. Have mercy. <laughs> Look at your neighbor, check it. That's real? That's, is that real? Ask your neighbor, is what I'm seeing real? <laughs> Hallelujah. Abide in me. Abide in me. There's a lot. I'm telling the truth. I think those who do, I think today counterfeit business. Make the guys are wrecking millions and millions of money. 
people are not willing to pay the price to bring out the original. People want to copy. People want to copy. So there's lots of facts. Check what you're putting on. As we check what you're putting on. Some of you are very happy because you're putting on Louis Vuitton. That Louis Vuitton is from Kansanga. I'm telling the truth. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because men are not willing to sit and pay the price to bring out the original. Say there's original me. Say there's the authentic me. You must download it from where? The presence of God. So communion, fellowship will help you bring forth the real you. Jesus said, I have come in the volume of the books written of me. Your life has already been written out. But it takes a price to download those dimensions. Each one of us, we are unique. It is your abiding in Jesus. And I'm going to help you understand that. It's your staying in the Lord that helps you bring forth There's no way a mango tree can bring forth oranges. The nature. There's no way a tomato what, plant can bring out what? Whatever. You shall know them by their fruit. First of all, I don't trust people who talk a lot. That's the truth. Look at us a neighbor. I don't trust you. Are you hearing me? Through experience, I have learned people who talk a lot, they talk a lot because they have nothing to say. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. The moment somebody starts telling you, believe me, believe me, that's the end of the story. Don't believe them. <laughs> Whisper in your neighbor's ear, say, neighbor, trust is not given. Trust is earned. Hallelujah. Abide in me. Abide in me. Much fruit. is interested in much fruit. Next verse, what does it say? If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. Now, begin to look at people's life. Those who are not bearing fruit. I mean, this is how you know them. There is nothing very, very, you know, where you go to go very deep in the spirit to know that somebody is connected to Jesus. I'm telling you, the problem most of you is that you, you, you want to hear a voice or you want... No! One of the best ways you can tell that somebody is connected to Jesus is to look at their fruit life. Look at the fruit. Don't even wait to say, go to a prayer mountain and say, Lord, show me. Don't even waste God's time. Check someone's fruit life. If somebody is not bringing forth the fruit of the spirit, which we're going to look at, that person has a loose relationship with God or has nothing. Or is a pretender. He's in charge but he's not, in, he's not part of He's there inside but he's not. I like what Joyce Meyer likes saying. That you know, sleeping in a garage doesn't make you a car. Doesn't make you a car. You can sleep in a garage. So you can be in charge. It doesn't make you a believer. The fruit life is one of the key things that in these last days you're going to use to detect who will be your business partner. Who is going to be your life partner. You ignore that. You will be in big trouble. They will come. The Bible says they have smooth tongue. They will tell you. They will speak to you. They even speak Greek and Hebrew for you. Are you hearing me? They will explain to you. But when you begin to look at their fruit line. You say no, no, no. But most of you. You ignore that. Until you have a wound. 
And God said, I gave you a parameter for checking. If someone doesn't bring forth fruit, that lies there as question all over them. No matter how. You see, even praying and fasting is not the... The Bible doesn't say you shall know them by how much they pray or fast. Some of the most praying and fasting people are the most dangerous people in the earth. I'm telling the truth. Look at him and say, neighbor, I'm talking to you, you are the one. Somebody say fruit life. I say fruit life. I'm telling the truth. Say, I will know them by their word, by their fruit. Let's go back to our scripture. In Jesus' name. Anyone, if anyone does not abide in me, is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Next verse. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. Jesus is trying now to explain this whole thing about abiding. Now he shifts from me abiding in you. Now he introduces a factor called the word. Somebody say the word. They say if you abide in me and what? My word abides in you. So now what does it mean for the word of the Lord to abide in a man? That when, when you allow the word of the Lord to begin to rule your life. The word of the Lord begins to govern your life. Your speech, your action, your behavior is governed by what? By the word. That is how I know that the word is abiding in you. It is not enough for you to quote for me scriptures and you are going south. For me to know that the word is abiding in you, the word is controlling your activity. The word is controlling your behavior. The word is controlling your speech. The word is controlling your thoughts. I know you are quiet here. You don't want to hear this. Say, neighbor, this one here is what you need to hear. Do you know we shall be better bosses, we shall be better employees, we shall be better wives, we shall be better husbands when God's word takes control of our lives. Because any husband who abides by the scripture is the best husband. Any wife who abides by the scripture is the best wife. Any employee, because the Bible tells us how an employee should behave. The Bible tells us how a boss should behave. The Bible tells us how a husband should behave. So when God's word begins to govern our life, life becomes simple. The reason why, let me tell you, if God's life, God's word governs your life, you will not steal money. Will you steal? I say, will you steal? Why do you steal? Because God's word is not governing your life. In other words, the word is not abiding in you. Look at him as a neighbor. The pastor is talking to you. The abiding word. Jesus warned the children of Israel. He said, the Pharisees, they sit in the seat of Moses. Listen to them, but don't do what they do. Listen to them, but don't do what they do. Because they don't practice what they preach. Preacher man, do you practice what you preach? It doesn't start from outside. It starts right in your house. It starts right in your house. If we have to call your wife or your husband now, right now, and say, is your, is your husband born again? Is it, um, we are not, I'm not so sure the way he behaves these days. It's like he has left Jesus behind. Are you hearing me? Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Am I communicating to you? Say, abiding in the word means 
the word controlling my action. There's no rocket science about that. Absorb the word. Absorb the word. Give me the last verse, probably. Verse number eight. I'll stop at that. Let's read together. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So the only way I'll know that someone is a disciple of the Lord is to watch at what? Their fruit. Their fruit life. Let's look at the book of Psalms chapter 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Next verse. But his delight is where? Is in the law of the Lord or in the word of the Lord. And on his word, what does he do? He meditates day. The moment something becomes your meditation day and night, it will take over your life. I said it will take over your life. You do not need to shake yourself and shout to bring forth fruit. Just practice this truth. There is nowhere, anywhere you hear mangoes wailing at night for it to bring forth fruit. It is natural in a mango tree. In its season, what will happen? The fruit will come. All that the mango needs to do is to make sure it stays in the ground. It stays connected to the ground. Because the moment the mango disconnects itself from the ground, death. Everything a mango needs is where? Is in the ground. Everything the mango, to tell you how helpless a mango is, I put it from the ground. You will see, it will dry out. So a mango actually is nothing. The life of a mango stems from where? From the source, down there. That's why you read Genesis chapter 1. Before God created anything living, He first bring, brought forth their habitat. Before the fish came, the water was in place. Before the plant came, the ground was in place. Because it is the habitat that sustains the plant or the animal. Say, Holy Spirit, please help me. What happened when you take the fish out of the water? I say, what happened to the fish? It dies. What happened if we take you to the moon? What is going to happen to you? Oh, not even the moon. Let's take you to the top of Renzori. You start gasping for breath. Because the higher you go, somebody is saying the cooler. That's not where I'm going. <laughs> the higher you go, the less what? Oxygen. <laughs> and what sustains the bio life? Oxygen. Oxygen will sustain what we call the bio life. Your biological life is sustained. The, the blood life Needs what? Oxygen. How many know you have three kinds of life? You have the blood life, you have the soul life, and you have the spirit life. All those ones are different. But oxygen is required to sustain the life that drives the flesh. So God had to create the atmosphere before he brought you here. That's how wise God is. If you isolate yourself from your environment, what is going to happen to you? You will die. You will die. And this brings me to a point. Just a by the way. Let me tell you. May the Lord help you get this. Joseph. 
was called by God into leadership through the dreams he was getting. But that dream was not going to find fulfillment in Canaan land. The place of the fruitfulness of that dream was going to be where? In Egypt. So it's not even enough for you to have a dream, a vision. There is a place you must be for it to happen. So some of us probably, why things are not happening to you is because you're in the wrong place. Say, Holy Spirit, please help me. Did they grow my token in California? Mm-hmm. But you carry them in bags and take it to your relatives. Because that atmosphere there or the temperature there, even the, what, the soil, doesn't sustain what? Matoke. And for you, you say, I'm a matoke. God has called you to be what? A matoke. Say never you're a matoke. And you want to live in California? You, you have, that's why there are people who have gone out of this country and they, are, they don't want to come back. There's nothing they can show for the years they have lived outside. Because that was a matoke who was meant to be in massacre. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Because everyone is boarding the plane. Are you hearing me? You also say, I'm boarding the plane. No, no, no. Our father who are in America. That's a big lie. Say, neighbor, our father who are in heaven. Not in America. Not in America. Joseph's dream found fruition. Not in Canaan land where his father was. Found fruition in Egypt. So everything that was happening to Joseph was because of the dream. God was pushing him to the place where things were happening. So some of you probably the reason why you are going through what you are going through. God is trying to push you to the place of your happening. Say God is pushing me to the place of my happening. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. That's where the man bore fruit. Only where God wants you to be. Give me verse 8. We are in chapter 15 of John. Give me verse 8. I want to make that emphasis. Let's read together. One, two, three. My Father is glorified by you bringing forth much fruit. Okay, give me Psalms 1, verse number 3. Or number two. Number two. But his delight is where? Is in the word of the Lord. He meditates on it day and night. Mark that. He meditates on it day and night. Until the word of the Lord becomes a necessity in your life. This truth will not be. How much value do you hold up to God's word? What does God's word mean to you? Remember we say, Jesus said now, when my words abides in you, what happened? That your word begins to what? To control the activities of your life. Somebody comes here and says, come, let's go and do some business. Say, what kind of business is it? He says, you know what? Mm, I can't tell you right now. You get the point? But you just come. Just come. The moment the person begins to explain and you sense this kind of business, does not subscribe to biblical standard. What do you tell them? Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. But the problem 
is this. You close your eyes and you see the profit. That's where the problem is. You are moved by profit. At the end of the day, we have to redeem you from Luzira prison. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. God makes it clear to us. Obeying God is the fastest way to a life of joy and fulfillment. Obeying God. Meditate on God's word. When? Let me tell you. This Christian life which God has called us to live is not difficult. This is the key. Because a time comes as you meditate on God's word. What happened to the word? The word takes over your life. There's a scripture in Acts. The Bible says, and the word. I think chapter 20. The word began to grow. The word grew until it prevailed. Somebody said the word will prevail. So you don't give up. You must give permission for the word to do what? To grow. To grow. To grow. Until the word takes over your life. There it is. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. That can happen to your soul. The more you take the word into your system. Through meditation. When? Day and night. The word begins to take dominion over your life. It will grow and grow until your words, your thoughts, and your action is dominated by the word. That's how you find yourself bringing forth fruit without effort. It is a result of your connectedness into the word of the Lord. Meditate. That means that mean you are digging yourself deep into the word of God. You are rooting yourself. That's how we get rooting the word. By word. Meditation. When? Day and night. Say never meditate day and night. And the word of the Lord will prevail over your life. And when the word prevails over your life, things begin to disappear. That is how God wants our lives to be. Next verse, what does it say? He shall be like a tree planted by water. The rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Whose leaves also shall never wither and whatever he does shall prosper that means there is a place in god you are so connected to god that anything you touch will happen that's when you have to be very careful because anything you do will happen because as a result of you being rooted in the word of the lord the bible says the word of the lord we are cleansed by the water of the word the water refers to the word the water refers to the word. So what am I emphasizing? In these last days we are living in. If you don't get the word in, inside of you. You are going to fall prey to error. As the scripture says. Many shall come in my name. In whose name? They are going to use whose name? So you know, you are no longer just going to judge by the name of Jesus. They will do what? The Bible says mighty wonders and signs. Some say mighty wonders and signs. Jesus is warning the church. They will do mighty wonders and signs. And the purpose is to draw followers after themselves. But you shall know them by their fruit. Not by their tongues. Not by their style. By their fruit. You ignore that at your peril. At your peril. The system that will always work is the word. I've said here and I say it again. You are only as strong 
as wise as the word of God you have where? Inside of you. Please believers, believe me. If where we are going, if you don't have the word inside of you, you will be a victim, a prey to many deceivers. Give me Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, the famous Joshua. Joshua 1, 8. Let's read. This book of the law shall not do what? Depart from your mouth. What will you do? You shall meditate in it. Now, what I am telling you, I'm giving you a practical way of trying, helping you to begin to deepen your fellowship with who? With God. I don't want to leave you just a pastor. Now, how do I fellowship with God? You told us fellowship. How? I'm giving you. Let me tell you. You have to be intentional. You have to apply force and be deliberate if you're going to bring anything out of this. That means you're going to create time. Say, I'm going to create time. Say, I'm going to create time. Just like you create time for your friends and you go out and have fun. Create time in you to stay with what? With the word. Sit down with the word. Whatever it is, don't be distracted. And speak to yourself the word. Meditate on the word. Sing the word. Talk the word. These are spiritual things. You don't understand it physically. But as you do that, something is being rubbed into your spirit. Am I communicating to you? Something is being rubbed into you. Either things of God are simple. When you sustain that habit, sooner or later, you'll find that the spiritual activity of your heart has gathered momentum. That even when you are in your office doing something, there is a song or there is a music or there is a prayer that is going on inside your heart. Am I communicating to you? You are not conscious of it. Your brain is doing whatever it is, but somehow there is an unconscious or what you call a reflex activity going on in your heart because you have activated the flow of the river in your spirit. Am I communicating? It is that level of sensitivity that when somebody comes to lie to you, you will know. Because your heart is fully engaged, locked up in the practice of the presence. Because you have learned how to do what? To meditate on the word of the Lord. Am I helping somebody here? I say, am I communicating to somebody here? Say, Holy Spirit, help me. What I'm sharing is to make you begin to manifest the reality of who you are. It is not accidental to be spiritual. It is not. You have to practice this truth. Somebody say the word. So you have to create time. Create time. Create time. At least 30 minutes. Okay, 15 minutes. In the morning. 15 minutes in the evening. 15 minutes in the afternoon. Sit down. Put the word inside of you. Put the word inside of you. Can I ask you a question? The food you ate or the breakfast you ate today, if you ate, you didn't eat it for that hour. Don't get what I'm saying. What is sustaining you is what you ate yesterday or yesterday bad one. Am I communicating? Is it true? I say, is it true? Or I'm lying. Is it true? So the food you ate yesterday bad one is what is sustaining you. So what you have eaten today is not for today. It is for tomorrow, tomorrow, next. Don't get what I'm saying. 
So as you sit with the word, it's not for the moment. It's for the day coming ahead of you. If you don't put that in you, the day will come. You'll find you don't have strength to confront certain things. Because you did not prepare. Say, Holy Spirit, please help me. Can I ask you a question? Are you going to practice this word? Are you going to practice? Are you going to practice? <laughs> the Bible says, it is the doer of the word who is blessed. The doer of the word who is blessed. Can I tell you what I do? Every day. You say, it's because you're a pastor. I did that even before I was a pastor. I don't read the Bible because I want to preach to you. What I'm preaching to you today, I have had it in my spirit for two months. I'm speaking to you out of the overflow of my spirit. There is no note here. The notes are on my heart. Are you hearing me, church? I'm retrieving from my heart. Every day, I sit with... I do it at night. And there are different ways you can take the word in. You can get a preacher in your ears. Your preacher, the one who doesn't preach funny things, the one who preaches the word. There are those ones who preach bar of soap and sugar. That one is going to help you. Are you hearing me? Get those people who will put the word into your system. Put it in your ear. You have cars. You have, these days we have technology phone. There are so many avenues through which now we can capture the word into our system. Those earphones you bought them, is not for talking to your girlfriend in the US only. Are you hearing me? Put some beautiful music or some beautiful word on your way to work. Hmm? While people are listening to word, radio word. Praise the Lord for you listening to the voice of God. Through some preacher who is preaching the word. You reach your office, you are more edified. There is no rocket science to spirituality. It just takes this simple truth here and staying consistent at it. You will begin to see your life manifesting a level of spirituality. You will get amazed with yourself. And the things you begin to touch will start bearing fruit. Because that's what the Bible says. Whatever he does, your business will begin to change. Your family will begin to change. Your career will begin to By reason of the word, because where the word goes, life will come there. Say, Holy Spirit, please help me. You have to be practical about this truth. Every time. Most of the time I'm on my phone. I don't use Google to, to look for naked women. Are you hearing me? Look at them and say, neighbor. Uh-uh, look at them and say, neighbor. May the Lord deliver you. Searching Google, looking for scriptures. Sometimes I'm walking, boom. Are you hearing me? I know I've touched a knot there that people don't want to talk about. I said, look at your neighbor. I said, neighbor, the pastor is helping you. Eh? Some of you from morning to evening, you are browsing eh? the fashion. You spend the whole day on fashion. The whole day on fashion. And time comes when the devil shows at your door. Then you say, hey, Louis Vuitton, and the devil doesn't move. Kenzo. No, there's no Kenzo. Kenzo is not there. <laughs> there's some here you know all the songs of the non-believers. Eh? And in fact, when you, when you came here, you came singing one of them. <laughs> I 
If you mind about your spiritual life, there are things. Now, I'm going to talk. Time doesn't allow me because now I'm going to go into the world of pruning. That's going to be beautiful next Sunday. I'm going to show you. There's going to be mighty deliverance. Not by casting out devils. But you making decisions before you walk out of here. There are people you're going to cut out of your life. Because you want to bear more fruit. Are you hearing me? I'm telling you, some of them are your best friends. But you let them go. If you value your life. Hello? Because there are people the devil has sent into your life. They are there to keep you at one place. As long as they are there, you don't move anywhere. Their talk is earthly. Everything they say, you know, you see. Did you check that bed there? Check that bed. You know, say so check that bed. Are you hearing? They're always checking the bed. You see, you see. Ah, she's, she's smooth. Are you hearing me? All those kinds. Now, people who are talking like that, say, say neighbor, those ones are going to live your life. <laughs> hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Because you mind. This people God is going to get out of your life so that you can bring forth more fruit. Have I helped somebody this morning? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Get into the word. Go to Genesis chapter number 1. Verse number 27. This is God's intention for all of us. Let's read together. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female. He created the beauty is 28 now. Let's read together 28 also. Then God blessed man. Uh-huh. And say, stop there. The first thing God announces over a man is what? Bring fruit. Bring fruit. If you are in my image, if you claim to be who you are, you're going to bring. I will know you must bring. Number one, you must bring what? Fruit. And not only fruit, this fruit must be what? Multiplied much more. I don't know where you get the scriptures. He's saying bring fruit and bring much more. What does multiplication do? Much more. So that is God's desire, number one, for every believer to bring fruit and bring much more fruit because this is how people will know we look like God. Stand up on your feet. I hope somebody has been blessed this evening. Is it this morning, this evening? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think in, in New York, I think this evening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Please, I share this word with us. Not to preach a sermon. I want to see your life change. I want your husband to call me and tell me what are you, my wife's life has changed. What are you teaching, teaching my wife? Please keep teaching. Are you hearing me? I want your wife to go back and say, keep teaching the husband. Whatever you are doing, keep it. Pastor, what kind of church is that one? I don't want such announcement. Are you hearing me? I want your boss to call me and tell me, please, this employee of mine, the life has, whatever, that is how we take over the world. Your light shall shine. Are you hearing me? That's why we believers, we must be the best wherever we are. The fruit life. Say Jesus. Thank you for the word. This morning, I have received instruction. Now help me to put into practice what I have heard. 
especially this month you have told us you're going to do beyond our expectation father let it begin with my fruit life this morning i pledge myself to spend more time in the word in your presence holy spirit i ask you quicken me draw me i want to know you better i want to experience you better than i have now holy spirit it is not by might it's not by power it's your grace i receive grace for obedience i receive grace for obedience to walk in the truth of the word i have received in jesus mighty name amen and amen you are here you don't know the lord jesus as your savior without jesus you can do nothing coming to church is not enough you must be connected you may be in that garden but not connected i want to pray with you in case you are ready born again but you backslid they say pastor i want to come back i also want to pray with you anybody here or the third person you need to find a church i pray one day bishop you remind me i want to preach about the importance of belonging it is very biblical it's very very many people are running everywhere you need to belong to a body to a church say i need to belong to a church where you are committed are you hearing me and submissive it is part of scriptures many things will happen in your life by just practicing that truth being in a place amen so you don't have a home church i also welcome you turn to your neighbor and say neighbor i love you you are blessed you are highly favored and god is with you the lord has spoken